KXNO. Chiefs receiver Kadarius Tony says he's definitely playing in the Super Bowl while Ajarius Sneed has cleared the concussion protocol and is also expected to play. The Drake men's basketball team will look to keep rolling tonight when they visit Murray State. They've won five in a row and they're in a four-way tie for first place in the Missouri Valley Conference. Football Northwestern announced that their home game against Iowa on November 4th will be played at Wrigley Field. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Two, it's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Matt Poston's on the bear that is the Big 12 Men's Basketball Conference. Six out of 16 top seeds in Shelby's um, bracket today are uh, from the Big 12. Uh, Adam Emmenecker coming up in three or four minutes. Trent, let's just real quick reset the the biggest uh, talker of the day, and that was uh, the release that came out yesterday from Gary Barta, setting some a uh, couple of boxes to check in order for Brian Ferentz to maintain his gig after this year. Um, I, I, I mean, they go 10-2. and two. And they scored 23 points, as we said in the first hour. I just can't see how you fire this guy. It's absolutely the way. But the wording of the amendment is that, yes, his contract would be terminated. But does that mean we'll terminate this one and give him a new one? Well, that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, that's the other component of this. It plays out in that fashion. He can't do it. And the terminology that they used, designated performance objectives. So, as you know, my former life was as a teacher, mm-hmm. and I worked in special education, and kids in special education had IEPs. An IEP is baselines that you're looking to help in development. It's an individualized education plan. That's what you're putting in, in place there for kids that have it different. Well, for all intents and purposes, Iowa football had to put an IEP in place for mm-hmm. their offensive coordinator. I mean, that's what this is. There's performance enhancement that a lot of different organizations have. That's what you put in place when... You have an employee that's struggling. These are the things. And Iowa football has. Have you ever seen anything like this? No, it's never happened. And it wouldn't have happened if it was Brian Smith who was the offensive coordinator. Brian Smith would have been jettisoned. He would have been gone probably a a couple years ago. The other part, when you go down that road, is I've heard people say, well, remember Barta did this with Alford. He did. He told Alford he wasn't going to have a tournament team. You need to make the NCAA tournament. And so we... Left for New Mexico. Right, he got out of the head of the post. It was it was a brilliant move on both sides. Yep. It was both yep. Barta knowing he didn't have a roster that's right. going to be a tournament didn't team. Didn't have to fire him. But yep. we're going to go this route. And he was able to have him move on. Now, he swung and missed on his hire and looked lighter, obviously, as we all know. But mm-hmm. that those systems are complete. That is a head coach. We don't. You have to make a bowl game. Or you got to get to the conference champion. Whatever it may be. NCAA tournament in basketball. Yes, there are certain benchmarks that you have to hit. For a head coach, never are you doing this for a coordinator. Just think for a moment. USC, brilliant offensively last year. Defense stunk. Mm -hmm. If they go to, why can't I think of his name? The defensive coordinator came with him from Oklahoma. Uh, Anyway, if they say, you don't finish in the top 50 in total defense this year, you're gone. There's not a coach in the no. country, no, a, an assistant coach in the country that would accept those kind of parameters. Yet, this is what we have. Mm. And if Brian Ferentz had any other job in football, 
if he was any other place in whatever organization or university he worked through, they put the same thing in front of him, he wouldn't have accepted that. His agent, Neil Cornrich, wouldn't allow him to accept that. Who's his dad's agent, too? The family business. Yeah, the family Nepotism. Business. Around and around and around we go. Here's the other part. I like this football team. I like what they have coming back. I like what they did in the portal. I love the schedule. I think they're going to be really good next season. But you know what's going to dominate the conversation. And that's the way. In most years, you'd be excited mm -hmm. about talking about Mm -hmm. this team. Spring football would be about this team. And there's always going to be, yeah, but. Right. Yeah, but. There's going to be the Sean Dunstan meter in the stands at Kinnick Stadium. (laughs) Only it's going to be the Brian Ferentz average points (sighs) meter. There is. And when they put 42 up against Western Michigan, oh, look how close he is. Cade McNamara's not coming out of any games this year, <laughs> no, right? No. If, if you're second string, you're probably going to be anchored to the bench if there's, uh-huh. if indeed there's an opportunity to come out. No, 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 no. What if they go to Lincoln and they're 9-2? and two? Down 24-20. Right, but the Big Ten West crown is on the line. They need just 23 to hit the benchmark. And, or well, if I was going to accept the loss and kick the field goal so Brian keeps his job. Right, or if they're up 42 to 10. Keep it coming. And they need a touchdown. Are they going to try and rub it in? Uh, they're in field goal range. No, we yeah. got it. We need the touchdown. Normally it's you just ridiculous. put a knee on it and they're going to be kicking Precisely. It. How many of those late game situations? How many times have we seen Iowa inside the 10 or inside the 20 yard line late in the game? They just put a knee. Yeah, right. there's still 20 seconds left. They'll let them have the ball. Yep. They're kicking those field goals nope, now. Nope, nope. And they're taking shots into the end zone. And does Vegas adjust? <laughs> right? It's a question for Mike Palm. It is. Who's uh, doing Radio Row here today in uh, in, in Phoenix. Uh, we'll get um, Adam Emenecker in here. We're going to switch gears. Doco Pizza Company. Uh, sponsor. I was back at Doco again last week. Really loved their pizza. And their wings were terrific as well. Doco Pizza. Uh, they are famous for their authentic hand-tossed New York-style pizza. 24th and University in the Drake neighborhood. By the way, there's a new one coming to Prairie Trail in Ankeny. But right now, uh, the 124th and University in Drake, it's worth the drive. Uh, boy, it is so, so good. I'm a major, major fan. Uh, Doco Pizza. They sponsor Adam Emenecker, who joins us. Drake in action tonight on the road at, Mo, um, at uh, Murray State. Hello, Adam. Trent and Ken, good to talk to you. You talked to me to, to, uh, when you were at Doco last week. You said you got the pizza, but you smelt the wings and you couldn't pull the yeah. trigger. I did last week. They're really good. I'm glad. And? I'm glad. Yes, I'm glad you talked me into it. Yeah, they, I mean, they looked, coming out of the smoker, they looked fantastic. Wow. When you, I mean, there's nothing, there's few things that uh, will grab my attention more than when someone's just carrying a big tray <laughs> of food yeah. that looks phenomenal right by my face. That's what I got to experience. I didn't have time to get the wings. But uh, glad uh, glad you enjoyed the experience, Ken. You're going to make me go back and try those. Uh, absolutely. Be glad you did. So let's uh, let's go back to last week with Drake, or, or to the double overtime game, uh, coming off a double overtime game against uh, Northern Iowa. You know what? Let's start there, because that was a heck of a basketball game. You and I uh, and uh, and Drake, that was a phenomenal... And you had the call, did you not? I believe you did work that I game. Did. Yeah, um, yeah. Really fun game. Man, uh, the Panthers, they gave them all they wanted, did they not? Good game. Yeah, well, it, it's hard to it's hard to beat not only an in-state rivalry, right? So you get you get teams that play each other twice every year. You get the home and home opportunity, the in-state kind of battle, and especially here in Des Moines, there's a lot of Northern Iowa alums, and so you you know that you're going to get a packed nap center, and it helped too that both these teams were sitting in kind of that second position, a game back overall for the lead in the conference as we get to the second half of play, and 
man, it did not disappoint. It did not disappoint in the least. I thought for for the youth of that Northern yeah, Iowa ball club, I playing agree. four either freshmen or sophomores in their starting lineup, lineup Bowen Bourne was fantastic. Mm. I was really impressed with Landon Wolf as well. But, uh, you know, Drake does does what they, they've done now for so many years under, under Coach Darren DeVries, find a way to win. And Roman Penn on both ends of the floor, 28 points, six assists, four rebounds. I thought his defense was huge down the stretch for Drake. Roman Penn has been really, really good in about the last month and a half. It's it's been really fun to watch. You can tell he's feeling that sense of urgency yeah. as the senior campaign comes to a close. Absolutely, Bowen Bourne hits the two shots. One two send it in overtime. One to send it into the second. <laughs> Darren DeVries is he going to rethink the strategy? <laughs> up three late game situations. He decided both times not to foul. Now ultimately they got the win. That's the most important thing. But right. is it time to go back to the drawing board a little bit? I, I know every coach has their own philosophy there. Yeah, that, that's just it, Trent. I mean, it's 50-50, right? And when you look at the analytics, the analytics say the advantage can vary depending on a lot of things, right? And and so actually, well, first and foremost, give Bowen Bourne some stinking credit. Yeah. I've never seen right. a guy hit two buzzer beaters in one game. Right. Two running buzzer beaters over contested hands. So tons of kudos for Bowen Bourne. He, he pretty much offensively carried that Northern Iowa group, but you know, I, I think if you look at the second one, if you look at the second one in overtime, Coach DeVries was telling his group to foul. Oh, was so he? No okay. doubt they talked mm. about that. But one of the things that's a challenge when you're on the floor, too, is you are a little skittish. I don't want to foul when someone's going into their shooting motion. Mm-hmm. And so I think you, what you saw is uh, for the Drake group in that, in that second over, or the, excuse me, in the overtime, forcing the second overtime, just a little apprehension not going after the ball quick enough and not getting the foul. So how about, help me out with tonight, the Valpo game also goes to double overtime. Cricky, a, a fine Canadian lad, I might add, uh, had a heck of a game in that game for Valpo. Yeah. Drake survives. Uh, speaking of good games, DeVries wasn't bad with 32 uh, as he knocked the rust off of uh, his uh, little time away from the uh, game uh, against you and I, but it was terrific against Valpo. So back-to-back double OT games, Adam, and then a Tuesday game. Normally you play on Wednesday. It's a, it's a day ahead of time what if anything does that do fatigue does it play a role tonight against a pretty good team uh in murray state to think yeah you know definitely definitely it does and and part of it is listen these guys are gonna they're gonna figure out a way to be able to compete physically but when you look at this team it's really a five guy heavy team so three or four of the five starters played 35 minutes or more against valparaiso and four of the five starters played 35 minutes or more against Northern Iowa. And so when you have those two games within a week, yes, there's some wear and tear, but part of what you also have is there is some mental fatigue that goes along with that. And I know people might be listening and think, listen, three times in a week, mental fatigue, what are you talking about? Part of what comes out is just you get a few more of those just small mistakes, right? Small mistakes. It's harder to pay attention. I think that's one thing to look out for as we get into the first half of the Murray State game. Does does this Drake team, do they come out locked in and ready to go? Are they very crisp and sharp at the beginning? It's definitely going to dwindle. There's going to be some struggles as the game moves along. But if they come out sharp, I think that means they got a pretty good chance to win that game. So we have Sardar Cahoon over there. Got off the bench a little bit, but hasn't played a ton 
is that where we are? Maybe the rest of the season that Darren's going to roll with the group out there. Maybe he's going to get, you know, five to eight minutes a game, something like that. But do you see Calhoun becoming a big part of the plan still going forward? Yeah, that's a tough question, Trent. And and part of it is, you know, guys get banged up as the season moves along. And Cedar Calhoun had a shooting hand injury. And, you know, I I think part of what we've seen from him over the course of the year is confidence-wise, he's been a little bit feast or famine, right? He gets in, he makes his first shot, he feels really good, and then he really gets on a roll. And sometimes he misses his first shot or two and has a hard time getting in the flow of the game, especially when you have an injury to your shooting hand like that. That, that's as much of a mental challenge to overcome as it is a physical one. So I don't think we've seen the end of Sadar Calhoun by any stretch, but what we've seen from him historically we know can still be true. If he comes out and makes a shot and then makes another shot, Sadar Calhoun could be playing 25 or 30 minutes in that game, and, and he can make a significant difference because of his ability to shoot, because of his athleticism. And so Sadar Calhoun is going to get an opportunity to get some run. It's just, okay, can he not only maybe make that first or second shot, be able to knock that down, but then sustain that from a confidence perspective? And it's always hard to say how much is his hand actually bothering him. Uh, what do we know about this uh, Murray State team? They're kind of in that uh, in the middle of the pack. They're it's probably going to be difficult for them to avoid playing on Thursday night. There's only a couple of, what, four teams that uh, will avoid uh, the Thursday night in St. Louis. What do we know about M- M- Murray State? Drake beat them convincingly at the nap earlier this year. Yeah, and, and Murray State's been a little bit up and down. So a familiar coach, one that many in Central Iowa might uh, might know pretty well. Second stint with Murray State is Steve Prohm, former Iowa State coach. And pretty much with this team, Murray State's roster was completely made over, almost like Drake's was five years ago when Darren DeBreeze took over. There were only two guys that were on the roster last year that are still on the Racers Jeez. roster this year. So you get a lot of guys in the transfer portal and a lot of the former Division II guys, part of what that means, so this racer ball club, they've been a little Jekyll and Hyde. When things are rolling well, they have a lot of good pieces in place, but they still really haven't figured out, A, Coach Prohm's expectations fully, and then, B, how to play together. When things go well for Murray State, they go really well. They beat Belmont this week, avenging a loss to Belmont that was a 15- to 20-point loss uh, just about a month before. They also beat Missouri State recently. They have a close loss, a four-point loss at SIU. Coming into this Drake game, though, they got absolutely smacked. Probably the worst game the Racers have played this year at Indiana State just ran into a buzzsaw. This is going to be a hungry Murray State team. What you'll see when you watch, really good athletes, pretty versatile bunch. When they're locked in and defending, they can be really hard to score against. It's just been hard for Steve Chrome to get consistency out of his guy. Who do you have right now taking Drake out of the equation? No Tucker DeVries, no Roman Penn. Who's the player of the year in the Missouri Valley Conference this season? You know, so much of it, Trent, comes down to, I think, where the teams finish. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at schedules down the stretch, Bradley's going to be in a pretty good position based on who they play coming down the stretch to kind of control their own destiny and get into either that first spot or tied for that first spot. They have Rink Mast, who probably is going to be a first-team all-league guy, but he's not a player-of-the-year guy. The two other people I look to, in addition to Tucker DeVries, at Belmont, Ben Shepard. Ben Shepard's in the top three in scoring, six-foot-six, really athletic, really versatile at kind of that two-three position. And then for Southern Illinois, Marcus Damask. He's in the top five in points, top five in rebounds, top five in assists in the conference. He's kind of a, he's a Tucker DeVries-similar type of player, 
doesn't quite shoot it as well, maybe a little bit more crafty with his ability to pass the ball. Those are the three headliners for me for player of the year. I would consider all three of those shoe-ins for first-team all-conference. But we'll see where the standings shake out to see where my vote goes. Hmm. When you won the Larry Bird trophy at the banquet in St. Did you know ahead of time? I knew when everybody else knew. Is that right? Okay. We we probably got um, we probably got. Let's see. I think it was announced before the actual ceremony in St. Louis. Yeah. So I think there was a press conference maybe the day before or something where it was announced. But uh, yeah, we I learned maybe three minutes before everybody else learned. In the banquet, it was a luncheon. I was there. It was um, I remember the food was good, <laughs> and I remember it was all Drake. It was all you and Kino, and uh, uh, we're making yeah. uh, wearing out a path up to the podium. Well, look at there's six games left in the regular season. Uh, the sprint is on, and the good thing with those teams all tied at the top, uh, all all uh, ten and four. Um, and they're all on Drake's schedule. Drake still gets the return against Southern, Belmont, and Bradley. What a race this is going to be, Adam. Yeah, I mean, so it's funny because when you, if you talk to Coach DeBreeze, and I haven't talked to him about this in particular, but when you talk to coaches around the league, I think, you know, you, you look at the schedules down the stretch. And part of the way the conference balances these schedules is they try to give the teams that are at the top of the league as many tough games as possible to maximize their opportunity in the net rating. What that means is if you're looking for an at-large bid, you get a great chance to improve your net rating by playing the teams at the top of the conference. Mm. When you're trying to jockey for conference position, it means your schedule looks really stinking tough, especially as we have this 20-game schedule, right? So Drake down the stretch, we talked about it. At Murray State, home for SIU, at UNI, Belmont, Illinois State, which is the only team not within two games of first place, and then finishing the year at Bradley. Mm. So the good news is you control your own destiny. If you play well and win, you're first in the league. The downside is, man, that is an absolute (laughs) gauntlet over the next three weeks, and uh, the work is cut out for uh, Coach Darren DeVries and and this group. No question about it. Adam, great stuff. Uh, Thanks for doing this, as always. We will uh, speak with you next uh, Tuesday. You'll be on with the uh, Kexano Drive with Heather and Sean on on Thursday night. So more Adam Emenecker still to come, just a different day part. Adam, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Talk to you in a week. You got it. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Try the wings. <laughs> okay, see you, uh, Doco Pizza in the heart of the Drake neighborhood serves not just the best pizza in the metro, but salad, wings, sandwiches, a great selection of Iowa craft beers. Doco Pizza, it's a gem. It's a gem. Really, really good. 24th and University in the Drake neighborhood. 1025. Time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Go to KXNO.com. You can enter this nationwide keyword contest. This hour's keyword is money. Money at KXNO.com. Money at KXNO.com. Another opportunity and a whole bunch more opportunities still to come with Murph and Andy and, of course, with uh, Heather and Sean from 3 until 6. Big 12 conversation next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. KXNO. The biggest Sunday in sports right around the corner. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers, you can bet just $5 and turn it into $200 in free bets instantly. 
Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between the hours of 5 and 8 hour time tonight, between 5 and 8 this evening, uh, to see what prop bet is going to be boosted. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code KXNO. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57. You're going to get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KXNO. Must be 21 or older. Iowa only. Bonus issued as free bets. Opt-in required for odds boost. Bet type and amount limits vary. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Call 1-800- No big game celebration is complete without a game of squares. Circus Sports Iowa now offers Circus Squares bets. Everyone who has played squares knows the pain of pulling terrible numbers. With Circus Squares, instead of randomly pulling numbers, choose your square and choose which numbers you get. With a minimum bet of $1 and a maximum payout of $100,000, it's easier than ever. Download the Circus Sports app today to place your Circus Squares bets. For more information, visit CircusSports.com. Must be 21 older and present in Iowa to wager. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call or visit 1-800-BETS-OFF. If you own a house, you've got a huge asset. And everyone's looking at it. With Wall Street investors buying up homes in Des Moines and renting them out like never before, you have to wonder, what do they see in your big asset that you don't? The truth is, if you sell your home instead of renting it, you can kiss your asset goodbye. Especially with today's higher interest rates, the best way to save your asset is to rent it out instead. Does renting make your asset look big? Yes, it does. Especially when you hire the professional landlords at Renner's Warehouse. DIYing your property management is a total pain in your asset. But with Renner's Warehouse, you never have to find tenants, collect rent, or handle pesky maintenance calls again. Don't lose your asset. And stop busting your asset trying to manage it yourself. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse. You can't buy happiness. 800 bets off. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Just past 1230, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Matt Poston's back with us, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. This conference so good, night in and night out. We had Shelby Mast earlier. If you missed it, he's our bracketology. Bracket, he does the brackets for the Gannett newspapers. He has six Big 12 teams, uh, top uh, four seeds or better. Just remarkable. So we could see these. Second, third round. Well, Sweet 16, we may see a Big 12 rematch. Very well could happen. That's bananas. Uh, Matt Postens, how are you, Matt Postens? How's things going? I'm good, and that's exactly what Joe Lenardi was saying last night at halftime of the Kansas-Texas game. Yeah, there's a, you know, with six Big 12 teams among the top 16 seeds. Yeah. um, You know, the NCAA tries to keep those teams as separate as they can. But, I mean, yeah, we could very well have a Sweet 16 or an Elite 8, you know, theoretically, where Kansas could be playing, say, <laughs> you know, Iowa State for the right to go to the Final Four. Um, you know, this is this conference is just stupid good. <laughs> There's no other way to really put it. No, th- now, how many did he have in his uh, top four seeds? Do you remember, Matt, off the top of your head? He, he had six. He had, he had six. six. Okay. In fact, in his, in his update this morning, I'm looking at it right now, he yeah. has Kansas and Texas on the two lines. He has Iowa State and Kansas State on the three line, and then he has Baylor and TCU right next to each other on the four line. So big night for TCU tonight as they're playing Kansas State. A loss could theoretically drop them uh, out of that 
number four seed and onto a five seed line. Did he um, j- just uh, one one more on on Lenardi's bracket? Did did he have Oklahoma State in Shelby Matthew does it for us? He has Oklahoma State was his first team out. Does he have the Cowboys close? He has the Cowboys as one of the last four in. In okay. Uh, he, he now has West. He has also has West Virginia as one of the last four in. And forget what I said about um, TCU. Uh, oh, wait. I'm looking at his. That doesn't make any sense. Um, never mind. But yeah, he's got Oklahoma State in the field right now. He's got Oklahoma as one of the first four out. Well, I want to jump to TCU because I'm still so intrigued by this team. Yeah, mm-hmm. they had a loss over the weekend. They came roaring back after being in a huge hole early against Oklahoma State. Playing with Miles, though, playing without Lumpkin here for a while, ultimately, this might be a good thing for them. Yeah, it's probably going to hurt them as it pertains to a seed line or two, and you don't want to fall apart, and that certainly can happen here. But I can look at this as a positive for TCU. I just I like this team so much and what they can do, and I, I think they're a factor, not just getting to the second weekend. I think with the right path, this can be a Final Four team. What do we know, though, health-wise, how quickly those guys are going to be back? Well, Lampkin played last week for a little bit against West Virginia and didn't didn't play in the weekend game. So he's kind of day-to-day. I think with Miles, they haven't really set forth a timeline. They've just said indefinitely. He had a hyperextended knee. That occurred in the uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge game a couple of weekends ago. So, you know, theoretically in my mind, I feel like maybe another week or two, and then it's possible we could see him. But you're right. You know, the depth on this team is what's going to keep them afloat in the Big 12 race. Maybe not, you know, for the regular season championship, but guys like Shaheda Wells, uh, Xavier Cork, um, Jacoby Coles, they've been very valuable to the Horn Frogs the past couple of weeks. And, you know, playing K-State tonight, you know, they had miles when they played the first time around. They forced Kansas State, I think, into 20 turnovers that game. Uh, I would imagine it's going to change the complexion of things a little bit because I don't think you could put Damian Baugh on Marquise Noel. I think that's going to have to be Shaheda Wells or some uh, another guard. That's a big hit for them defensively because Miles has emerged into a, a really good defensive point guard. Um, it's going to be a really interesting game because if they don't have Lampkin inside, uh, that kind of gives Keontae Johnson some room to operate down low. I want to go back to last night, and you had the recap of the game at Heartland College Sports of Big Monday, and I couldn't agree with you more. You know, the more I watch this Kansas team, and, and I t- agree with your point on Jalen Wilson only scoring two, and somehow uh, uh, Kansas had that big lead. But to me, it, this team, is it crazy to say that they go as Dewan Harris goes? I, I don't think that's all that crazy at all. I mean, you know, Bill Self has said all season when, when Dewan is aggressive, when he's going to the basket, when he's, you know, at times looking for his own shot within reason and he's making things happen for other people, um, that team is demonstratively better. I mean, he's not a great three-point shooter, but you saw what he did last night. He was 8 of 16 from the floor. All of his shots were twos. He had seven rebounds, I think six assists, uh, four steals. You know, I'd have to look at the box score to be sure, but he... He did everything for them last night, just in terms of keeping them moving forward. And when he, when he's stirring things the right way for them from a point guard standpoint, everything works. I mean, Texas made a concerted effort to get Jalen Wilson out of the game, and they did it. Yep. But because Dewan Harris played so well and was making things happen for everybody else, that allowed the rest of that team to step up and do something that they haven't done at all this season, which is win when Jalen Wilson has a bad game. What about Joseph Yesifu, the former Drake player? 
Didn't play a ton last year. We've seen him minutes increase the last couple of games. He was outstanding last night in the victory against the Longhorns. Is this maybe another piece? And Self normally doesn't play a ton of guys, but maybe need to find a way to get a few more minutes for Yesifu? I think they do. Uh, I, I really do. I think they've got to get to a point where they can trust guys like Yesifu, MJ Rice, uh, Uday, uh, and some of these other guys coming off the bench. You know, they're they're down a couple of guys off the bench. Pettifer's banged up. Uh, Clements didn't play last night. It may be a bit before he plays. So, you know, those three guys in particular, you know, Self is going to have to give them minutes, and he's going to have to give them a little trust that they can give him something. But all three of them played well last night. Uh, especially Yesifu, but you know he's going to have to put some trust in these guys if they expect to get to March and not have guys like Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson, <laughs> Kevin McCullough, just completely exhausted. Uh, yeah, that's very true, uh, and I, I agree with Trent on Yesifu, uh, the fact that he's because his scoring starting to pick up a little bit. So let me ask you about West Virginia. Iowa goes to Morgantown tonight or tomorrow night. I beg your pardon. Uh, early tip off, uh, six o'clock tip. Uh, ESPN two has, of course, the game airs. If you're not in front of your TV down the hall here on one hundred point three, the bus. Uh, Iowa State coming off a convincing win over Kansas. West Virginia, you find them down in the standings, but Ken Palm loves this team. Team. loves this team. West Virginia is going to be favored in this game, which was a bit of a surprise. How tricky of a spot is Iowa State walking into uh, tomorrow night? Seemingly, Stevenson, you stop him, you got a good chance to win the basketball game. Yeah, and he's been the hard guy to stop lately. He's had He had a career game in the midweek game last week, and then he had another career game on Saturday uh, in Morgantown. They're, they're hard to beat there. Stevenson, you know, he had a, a bit of an injury had some some issues with with Bob, just in terms of them being on the same page. But now it seems like his play is really starting to skyrocket. And when you when you pair that with you know Keterine Johnson, Emmett Matthews Jr., uh, the way they're starting to pick things up on defense on that end of the floor, uh, what's really helping them now is Muhammad Wage off the bench. Um, you know they start Bell inside. Bell's a good player, but he's been a bit inconsistent. He had a bad game against TCU last week. But Wage has come in the last two or three games, and he's really given them some quality minutes off the bench. Same for, same for James Okwankwo. Uh, he's been another guy who, over the past eight, ten games, his offense has gone up, his rebounding has gone up. Uh, they've got a little more depth inside, and that helps them against a team like Iowa State without Jazz Koontz back um, in terms of just having enough guys inside that can make life difficult for Oshuni and some of the other guys that Iowa State will run inside. At the end of the day, you know, I think this game is going to be decided on the perimeter because I think that's where both of these teams mm. are excellent. But the X factor is going to be what both of these teams can do inside tomorrow night. Yeah, Koontz, by the way, played 11 minutes, I think, on Saturday. So that was his first game back, guys, kind of yeah. easing him back into it. Go ahead, Trent. The Cyclones wrap up the season with Baylor. Haven't seen them in a while. It's going to be one of those uh, kind of weird seasons, the way yeah, the they, schedule didn't breaks. They, didn't they start the season and end with it? <laughs> yeah, and then it comes back yeah. the other way. Now, since then, Baylor, they've caught fire. They're yeah. playing really good basketball. Keontae George, a one and dunner. He's going to be mm-hmm. off to the league. <laughs> Is he going to be off to the league after playing in April, though? This Baylor team, I know I'm not alone. I think they have the goods not just to make I a agree. Final Four, but cut down the nets when they get there. How high are you on the Bears? I'm, I'm getting higher on them, honestly. They're they're starting to come around. They had that really bad start to the season. And you know the guards have started, I think, started gelling together nicely. They've, they're getting some you know, decent production inside, but... 
I think what has the potential to really help them is the return of Jonathan Chama oh, Joshua. Uh, you know, aside from the fact of that, that being an incredible story, um, he's their energy guy. You know, you don't have to run offense for him. You don't have to. You just wind him up and let him play for <laughs> ten or fifteen minutes. But he gets you eight points and four or six rebounds, and he's a great defender. And they didn't have anybody with his energy level on that roster before he came back. They tried a couple of guys to try and kind of replicate it, but you really can't replicate what he brings. So you get him back on the floor, and assuming he plays you know, 10, 15 minutes a game, he played 13 against Texas Tech, and he produces like that, he really opens up a lot of things for them on the floor. It, it opens up their perimeter game. It opens up their rotation inside. It, it allows guys like Caleb Lohner to do more of the things they're better at. He's not really an inside player. He's more of a stretch four. Having Chama Chacho on the floor allows Lohner to do that. Uh, it really kind of diversifies what they can do. And, they're, and they're, they've gone back to switching between their man defense and their zone defense, and they're doing a lot of really good trapping out of that 1-3-1. One, one. So I think the fact that they've kind of integrated their zone a little bit back into what they do it's really kind of throwing teams off because I haven't seen it in a couple of years. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, he would refresh my memory. He got hurt late last year, so it was almost a full calendar year before he. Mm-hmm. Ah, boy, oh boy, uh, it's yeah. it's a difference. I'm with Trent. Um, I pulled the trigger, got him at twenty two to one <laughs> uh, to to win it all. I just I mean, been there, done that. The coach has done it. Team that's a good basketball team. Look, this this whole conference. If you had to pick today, who's going to win it? Oh God! That, Regular that. season. Pete asked me that question last week, and he asked me that question the week before. And my answer <laughs> the week before was Iowa State, and they promptly lost. Uh, the week the answer last week was Texas. They promptly lost last night. Yeah. So I don't know. Right. <laughs> I think that's kind of the fun of it. You know, yeah. any of these top six teams in the conference can win this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought maybe Oklahoma State could maybe sneak in there, but with the injury to Avery Anderson Jr., I just don't think they have the. Um, Anderson the third, rather, they just don't have enough depth now at this point to sneak into that that particular party. But you know, Texas and Iowa State kind of had the leg up. They have a win on everybody else in the conference right now with seven games to play. Iowa State has the tiebreaker on Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they pl- they both play great defense. Their guards are excellent. Uh, they've got quality inside play. I-, I I probably would narrow it down to the two of them at this point. Even though Texas, you know, lost at Allen last night. It wasn't like they lost by 20, 25 points. I mean, they were in that game mm-hmm. till right to the very end. Marcus Carr had a fantastic game. So I think because they know who they are identity-wise and they've got good depth, they're the two teams I'm focused on is, you know, thinking to myself, those two teams could be the top two seeds when you get to Kansas City. Mm, going to be wild. Who do you like Sunday, by the way? Oh, Sunday. Um, Kansas City, you know, I they've, so many guys in that team have been there and done that. You know, there aren't as many uh, players left over from that Eagles team a uh, half dozen years ago uh, yeah. that won the Super Bowl. Uh, I think it's going to be an excellent quarterback matchup. You know, Mahomes, obviously, but Hurts has had a fantastic mm-hmm. year. Um, I just, I kind of feel like the Chiefs. And, you know, for Mahomes, you know, you win a second Super Bowl, you're, you're almost yep. a Hall of Fame lock if you're a quarterback at this point. I mean, I, I'm going to do the research tonight on the quarterbacks that have won two or more Super Bowls and whether they're in the Hall of Fame. And I have a feeling, I haven't done the research yet, but I have a feeling the only quarterback that's done it and isn't in the Hall of Fame is Jim Plunkett. How about that? Yeah, I was I was trying to rack my brain to think of who that uh, the answer might be, and uh, I didn't come up with Plunkett, but that's good. Matt Posted's Heartland College Sports. Matt, thank you, as always, for doing this fun race. Um, 
talk with you in a couple of weeks, if not before. <laughs> it is so much fun. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate you coming on. All right, you bet. Good to talk to you. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Uh, as we catch up on the nation's toughest conference, the Big 12. Take our final time out. Trent's plays of the day coming off a, a winning day, 4-1. and one. This is it. He's on a plane to Mexico, mm-hmm. so he's got all his Super Bowl stuff. It's coming up next. Circus Sports sponsors, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.8. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at Wolf or visit 1-800-BETS-OFF. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Hi, final couple of minutes here. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Murph and Andy at 1. KXNO Drive with Heather and Sean, 3 until 6. Fire away, TC. It's getaway day for you. That it is. So this is what we got here for tonight in college basketball. Seven plays. We kick things off early in the Big Ten. Give me Rutgers plus the four and a half as they go to Indiana. What do I do after a big win? I fade the team off of that. I like this Rutgers team. I like Indiana, too, but I'm going to take the Scarlet Knights. Plus four and a half, pick number one. Wake Forest, well, they're off a pretty big win themselves. Carolina licking their wounds after Duke. I just like Wake better. I just think... In fact, I think they might be a better team than North Carolina right now, which is crazy to say. Get a point there. Don't think it matters. Grab Wake Forest with pick number two. To the 8-10, two semi-disappointing teams, Dayton and VCU. We're going to grab the home team here. Dayton going the wrong way. Give me Virginia Commonwealth laying three and a half. To the SEC, Ole Miss getting two at Georgia. To the MAC, Ohio against NIU. We're going to go with the Bobcats there. Michigan State, they're back at home against Maryland. I'll play it with Sparty minus three and a half. And we wrap it up in the Mountain West. Fresno minus three against an improved San Jose State team. You know who's out there? Who? Tim Miles. Oh, you know, I did see that because he's having a terrific year. That he is. Turned it around very quickly. What that program has been in the past. He's He's done a good job. He's good at that, right? I mean, he's had a couple of stops. They've been tough places to win. Enjoy Mexico. Thank you. Uh, We'll see you on Tuesday. Mm Mm-hmm. You figured out how you watch the Super Bowl? They we have got it. it. You We're going to have it in one there. of the ballrooms, a couple of the theaters. We're good. Good to go. Lots of cocktails. Uh, tra- <laughs> really? Uh, Murph and Annie coming up at 1 to drive tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. Mitch Holtz is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Tomorrow at 1130. Miller and Condon weekdays 11 to 1. On Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.